I went through a breakup when I was 21. I was living in Colorado at the time, dating a girl who was in the Air Force. Nice. Okay. Yeah. She was hot. What was, uh, what was her name? I'm not going to say her name. Well, you can say it different. You don't need to say the real name. Make Veronica. Name. Veronica. Okay. So, Veronica, I was on my way to work one morning. And she texts me and she says... What were you doing for work at the time? I was working at Wildwood Guitars. Okay. She texts me and she says, I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to be mad at me. And how long had you been together with her at this point? (sighs) Maybe like a year, you know, something like that. This is legit. This is dating. Girlfriend, boyfriend. It was like a weird... Yes and no. You know what I mean? Like one of those situations on on again, off again. Okay. Dating though. Mm -hmm. And she texts me, I don't want you to be mad at me, but I did something last night. (laughs) And I instantly fucking panicked. What was your first thought that, what was she going to say? I didn't know. I was 21. So I didn't have a car when I was out there. I was walking to work which is a couple miles from where I worked. <laughs> this is the this is the pathetic early 20s yeah, story, dude. Yeah, yeah. When you're just down on your luck and your knees get knocked out from under yeah. you. I'm maybe 10 feet out from my front door and she, and she texts me that. And I'm like, well, what happened? And she tells me that she fucked two guys at AIT, which is like her jo- yeah, job, job training. training. Yeah, yeah. And... My whole world, I didn't know <laughs> that my whole world could come crashing down like that in a moment. So, uh, did she fuck these two guys like separately or was it the, same, the same occasion? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she said something kind of racist too because she told me one of them was black. Okay. And she said she was never going to fuck a black guy again because he smelled like baloney. Oh, uh, it's a good thing you didn't say her name. <laughs> that is, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say to that. Okay. But, um, and then she was saying how uh, one of the guys, when they were fucking, stuck his dick in her ass and she had never done anal before. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How are you getting this many details? She was texting me. And you hadn't texted back? She was just sending detail after detail? And I said, what the fuck happened? That was my first response. And oh, dude, you should have not said anything. I didn't know, bro. Yeah. I was a young man. Yeah. I didn't know anything yet. Yeah. Because it's like at that age, you're like, what the fuck did you do? Why did you do that? It was all that shit. You know what I mean? Instantly turned into a huge fucking blowout. I get to work. <sighs> I am in fucking shambles. You know, like I, I whatever the psychosis is, like I had psychosis, dude. I was in a blind fucking rage. And also at this point in my life, I was smoking a ton of weed. So I wasn't high at this point, but I was definitely on edibles the night before. And I was in that process of like coming down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I asked her like, why did you do this? You you, you know, just that angry shit you do. And uh, I was furious. I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know what was up, what was down. I just didn't even know that this could fucking happen to me. So, how does this conversation with her end? Because she's texting you all these details. At a certain point, you're just like, fuck off. 
she flips it on me and she says it's my fault that she did it. Oh, there you go. And, Always the case. And she said I shouldn't have any say in what she does and I shouldn't feel I shouldn't feel bad about this cuz she had an experience. Well, then why would she tell you? Exactly, bro. Yeah, that's And at the time I didn't understand this, but she was deliberately trying to hurt me and like get yeah. rid of me for good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was heartbroken. And did she get rid of you for good? No. I, st- <laughs> I still, it, I was still simping over her for a long time. How long? That. Maybe like three months. If This was the, like the final fucking yeah. death blow, you know, where it starts fading out. So at this age, was there any part of you that thought it could work out with a girl who cheated on you? Two yeah. Ones? I thought, I thought, oh, I thought, I thought it would work out, dude. Oh. I thought it would work out. I thought, you know, maybe she made a mistake, a drunk mistake. And she and the way that she told me the anal thing, she tried to play it off. Like she's like something happened and I don't know how I feel about it. I feel bad about it. And I said, "What?" And she and that's when she told me one of the guys stuck their dick in her ass while she was sucking the other guy's dick, bro. Damn. So what so what was the final straw for you to tell this chick to take a hike? I don't even remember what the final straw was. This was like the beginning of that though. You know what I mean? I just didn't have enough perspective. Yeah. I didn't have enough I didn't respect myself enough and I didn't like myself at this point in my life. Well, when you're a young man, which when you're a young man and this this was true for me too, you, you don't have the mental tools to know that you can walk away from a situation. Exactly. You know? I had no idea that I could walk away. So was this the only time you got cheated on in your life that you know for sure about? I'm trying to think. Like, I'm, I'm just having random flashes of this day. And I remember walking into work and my boss instantly said to me, he's like, you look sick. You got hit by a semi-truck, dude. He said, you look pale. And he's like, I was just talking about how yesterday that you're never sick. You're always at work. You're always working hard. You don't look good. Mm-hmm. You should go home. So my boss sees me. He gives me a ride back to my house. While I'm in his car, my cell phone drops out of my pocket underneath his seat. I don't realize until he's already away. Mm-hmm. So I leave, this is in a state of mental fucking psychosis. I don't know what's going on. I run all the way back to work to get my <laughs> cell phone. I tell him I left my cell in my car. He's like, you really don't look good. Um, and he's like, go home and get some rest. So after I already left work, he gave me a ride home because he was concerned about how sick I looked. And at this point, I wasn't eating a lot. I was broke as fuck. I was only eating peanut butter sandwiches. I had maybe 47 cents to my name. I would walk to this Walgreens that was by my house and I would get those 99 cent bags of uh, the Cheeto popcorn, the puff corn. Yeah. And I would buy a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and that would have to last me two weeks. Mm-hmm. I always had money for weed though. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely the wrong time to be cheated on, but uh, getting cheated on usually happens at the... At the worst times. Never convenient time to no. be cheated on. No, never. Never convenient time to find out some girl you're dating just 
took it in the ass while she was sucking another dude's dick. It was heartbreaking, dude. <laughs> it was. I do remember you telling me about this. I was still in Maine at the time. And I was thinking, like, I don't know how I would have reacted. At that age, especially. Now, I don't know. It would depend on the person, I guess. But if someone even texts me, I'd just be like, fuck off. You know I might I mean? not even respond. Yeah, well, that's what I, I might mean. not even respond if I, mean. I did something last night. One of those texts. I'd be like, this is over. You see, that's the thing. When she sent that first text, that should have been the first clue. Now you would know. Yeah. Like if some chick texts me like, I did something last night. I don't know how to feel about it. I would be like, this. I'm not looking at this. Bitch, I know how you feel about it. I know how you felt yeah, about it. Yeah, you're talking it. to me about it. I know how you feel about it. And I know how you want me to feel about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because even if she felt bad about it. Which she was she trying. Have, and, she was trying to pass that on to me. Yeah, she was trying to share the guilt a little bit. Yeah, because she may have felt bad about it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. What She's about you, Millhouse? Still a whore. What about me? You ever taken the ass while you're sucking another guy's oh. dick? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I was gonna ask him if he's been cheated on, but then I saw his face and I was like, I can't. <laughs> Broadcasting straight from Big Rock Candy Mountain, I'm Zachary Lehman. I'm Taylor Berryman. How can people find you, Taylor? Find me on Instagram as the underscore poptimist. Check out the Poptimist podcast now on all streaming platforms. Most recently, I had on Brandon Steiner's sports memorabilia mogul. That's episode 75. Episode 74 is George Collins, sex addiction and porn addiction expert. You can also find me on Facebook as Taylor Berryman. I'm on Twitter at Writing Lehman, Zachary Lehman on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. We're on all the social media platforms. Yep. So this week we are talking about The Search for Everything. By John Mayer. John Mayer album. Your favorite John Mayer album? Definitely my favorite John Mayer album, I, hands yeah. down. I was thinking this is probably my favorite too. Mm-hmm. Like there are songs I might like better on other albums, but this as a collective is probably his best work. Well, it's an amalgamation of everything that he is at that point in time. Like as a person, musically, just everything kind of all wrapped into one this album came out in 2017 and it's about his breakup with katie perry katie perry my high school crush every boy's high school crush teenage dream maybe not mine i wasn't as obsessed with her no i i definitely was. i mean her kissing that girl was pretty fucking awesome i mean what age were we so i was probably 15 or 16. Oh, yeah. So that hit me right at the perfect moment. Oh, like yeah. when I want to see girls and kissing. When she first came out, she she had that uh, that warp tour look still. Yep. Yep. She, yeah, she, she kind of bangs. She kind of cleaned up. She did. She had that those funky glasses. You know, she, yeah, was, she yeah. was the cool rocker chick. Yeah. Before so how, Teenage Dream. Do you know how long she was with John Mayer? I, I think maybe a couple of years. Okay. All right. It feels like it when you listen to the, to the yeah. album. Yeah. So, let's get right into it. Right into it. First song, Still Feel Like Your Man. Still Feel Like Your Man. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. 
John Mayer called this one Japanese feudal funk. Japanese feudal funk. Okay. Okay. I can get behind that. I, I was going to say this one's very, uh, it's kind of a sad song, but it's like one you want to sing along to a little bit. It's, he's not in a place of acceptance yet with the no, relationship no. coming to an he's end. He's in denial. He's in, in denial. denial. Yeah. He is a man uh, stuck in a reality that does not exist anymore. But the music is very upbeat. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's got kind of a like a bluesy feel, a jazz feel. I was also thinking, I don't Pretty know. Pretty funky. I don't know why. Not the sound, but the lyrics a little bit kind of had a Sinatra feel sometimes. Interesting. Like if, if you ever listen to a Sinatra breakup song, his lyrics are really similar to what John Mayer's singing here. That's because they can both get laid at any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old blue eyes and fucking whatever John Mayer's fucking, uh, fucking nickname is. Yeah. This is a great song. Um, there's some great lines. Like I love, Oh, go ahead. The opening lyrics to the song, the prettiest girl in the room. She wants. Yes. Me, I know because she told me so, which that is kind of Frank Sinatra. Well, and he, but he talks about how this girl wants him, but he can't do it. Because I still feel like you, man. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's a great, that immediately tells you what the song's about. I mean, it's a guy who can't move on. And anyone who's been in relationships, I mean, you know that they linger for a certain amount of time. Maybe some people can like get out of a relationship and start something else really quick. But if they have a vagina, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. Um, but I, I know from my experience, I mean, you definitely have a period where, certain things linger and you have to like shake them off. Yeah. You know, cause you're used to living a certain reality for so long. They are almost like you feel guilty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And maybe some people don't feel that guilt, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some great lines. Um, oh, one he says first, I, I like, uh, I still like the letters in your name and how they feel, babe. Well, the great it goes to, to the bridge that. and it's a mood swing mm -hmm. where he's back down. And that is the true feeling right it's when behind his behind the the song yeah his honest feelings for how he feels about this girl kind of sounds out. like someone else we know and we asked him to tell the truth oh yeah yeah millhouse is kind of like a john mayer who can't get laid a little bit one of one of my favorite lyrics in this song is uh -huh. i still keep your shampoo in my oh, shower yeah. in case you want to wash, wash your, your hair, hair. This is John Mayer. I mean, we know what he's saying. Yeah. Can we please still fuck? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's still holding out hope that he's still going to get laid. Um, I also love, I'd rather sit here alone than be on my own, which is interesting because he's recognizing, which I was going to say, this album, there's progress from song to song, but in each song, there's also progress from the beginning to the end. Because at the end of this song, he is sort of accepting that this is a fantasy, but he's enjoying this fantasy right well, now. Well, the last chorus of this song, he uh, it also says, I still feel like your man. And, and I don't sings, know why. And I don't know why. Yep. So he's at the end, he's repeating it, and he adds in this line, and I don't know why for the first time. So it's almost like you can picture him just kind of sitting on a couch, like getting lost in the fantasy, and then he almost has a moment of self-awareness where he's like, why? Why am I feeling like this? Because it's not benefiting him in any way. But that's how relationships work. Uh, anything else on Still Feel Like You, Man? Okay, on to the next one. I got to ask you about this one. Okay. Emoji of a Wave. What do you think of this title? So I think this is something that she used to text to him. Like a wave emoji? Like a, a just an emoji of a wave. 
do you think in relation to what the song's talking about? Like, this is her almost saying... Well, we'll get to that later then. I just wanted to say really quick, I, I just don't like the title of this song. You don't like the title of this song? It's do you a, like the song? I love the song. Song's great. There's no song on here I don't like. The, the title of this song, when I just look at the titles of everything else, I'm just like, emoji of a wave... Like you could have called it just wave. I think I think the title was a personal title. That's why I could think be. he titled it that. <clears throat> could I, be. This is a very personal album. Side note, Al Jardine from the Beach Boys does background vocals on this one. Oh, really? For the wave one? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So this song is basically, I mean, this is You're Missing Your Ex, and this song almost feels like a conversation with an ex mm-hmm. where they're sort of trying to get you to move on. Or... Or he's telling her to move on because he talks about, uh, oh, honey, it's just a wave. He says over and over again, the wave is this wave of emotion, this nostalgia for a relationship that's over. Well, the conver- going back to the conversation thing, don't worry. I've been thinking about you, too. What do we do? Yeah. So it does feel like a conversation between exes. So maybe the emoji of a wave, maybe... I was taking this as him talking to the girl, but this could be the girl talking to him. Going back to one of our earlier episodes for Sturgill, mm-hmm. which the theme was the sea, Storms Pass. I feel like this yeah. is also what this is, and it's him being in his uh, in, in your feelings of dealing with this negative emotion after a breakup where you're no longer with someone. Where these waves just hit you out of nowhere. Yeah. Like tremors. Intense. Yeah. Uh, He's got some great lines. I've been talking to myself just to hear you. And you're saying everything I wish you would. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. So this again, in the first one, he's a guy who is stuck in a past reality. This is a song written by a guy who is in between realities. You know what I mean? He's recognizing the fantasy. He's recognizing the wave of emotions. But again, this is and this is why the the album's really great because it does progress. I mean, if you someone could just write a, a dissertation on this album about how it perfectly hits all the emotions that you go through after a breakup. A breakup yeah. Um, the denial, the self reflection, mm-hmm, the it's awareness. A very introspective later. album. Yeah. So this to me is him. This is a guy singing who's in between two realities. One of my favorite lyrics from this song, I think it's really pretty. It's raining on the mission mission bell. They're draining out the wishing well. That's interesting. Um, I was talking about progress in the songs. One of the last lines of this is, it takes all the love I have to say, I know we'll be okay. It breaks my heart. So again, that's one of the things I like about these songs is individually they work because there's always progress from how he feels at the beginning to how he feels at the end. So emoji of a wave. What we were talking about. So theory on the title. You think this is something his ex? I think it's something really personal. So do that you, only him and her know. But do you think she would text him the emoji in relation to this? What I they're talking she, about in the maybe song? She or texted just, him, always texted him back goodbye. You know, it's just like, I can okay, just, all right. I'm reading between the lines. Yeah, of okay. Course, but that, right. that's what I take it as. So... Next, we get into one of my favorites of the album. Helpless. The downward spiral. Helpless. This is where the madness comes in. Yeah. This is a man embracing madness. It's a a rocking tune, too. Mm Mm-hmm. But it feels like, because we've gone through kind of these two sad songs, and this is still very sad, but it's almost a guy who's like, I'm 
like he's a musician. So it almost feels like one afternoon he's like, I I don't want to feel sad right now. So I'm just going to make, no matter how sad the lyrics are, I'm going to make a rockin' tune. This one actually goes back to 2013 off of Born and Raised. And all the people he was working with at the time, they said that, oh, we don't really like this song. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was like, I was wrong about it. It's an awesome song. That's why I put it on the, this album. So you, this was an old song. This is an old song that he, I guess he did. He did up. And I should also talk about the musicians that he's playing with. Because this is a great, this song has a great sound. Yeah. The, the rhythm section is great, which is Steve Jordan and Pino Palladino, who play on most of the album, I think. Pino doesn't play on a song, and I don't think Steve Jordan plays on one song. But that's John Mayer Trio, which that album that came out, um, I think in like 2000 and something. I can't remember what year it came out. But it was a live album of him playing like blues rock songs and just shredding on guitar the whole time. Yeah, and he, uh, not to skip ahead, I'll go back to the beginning. But one thing I was going to say that's different about this song is it has a really large section at the end where he's like, he almost gives up on words for a minute. And yeah. he's like, I'm just going to shred for a little while. Yeah. And it, 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 again, it's it's interesting that it's an old song because it does feel like a song John Mayer would just make. And this is probably the one song that can fit on any album. Mm-hmm. It's the most accessible on here. But at the same time, it fits so well here. Like this really does feel like you're in the madness period of the breakup. Yeah. You're just like, well, fuck it, man. I'm going to drink every night. Yeah. I'm going to try and fuck. Yeah. You're trying to get laid. It's just not working out. It's striking <laughs> yeah. out every single time. That doesn't um, happen to John Mayer. One though. of the, the first lines, this, oh no, this is the first line. The same drink that gets me up at dawn. Uh, gets me. I thought it was gets me out the door. Oh, gets me up at the door. No, I thought it was gets me up at dawn. I could be wrong. I think it's out the door. It's the same drink that puts well, me out the floor or on the little, floor. A little behind the scenes, uh, for anyone who wants to know something about uh, co-host Zachary Lehman, I often mistake lyrics. This has been, uh, we're talking about relationships. You want to hear one of the things that has always annoyed, you want to hear this, Millhouse? Yeah. One of the things that has always annoyed girls I've been with, I'll mistake lyrics, and I sing along to songs a lot, even though I can't sing them, because I just don't give a fuck. You live once, right? And there's often songs I will mistake the lyrics for. I refuse to change the lyrics, because I assume my lyrics are better. You make an edit like Sturgill did. Oh yeah, on always, Bloom. and I stick to it. I always stick to it. So I'm going to go with mine. I like mine. John Mayer's a talented okay. writer, but but anyway, he so he says, say the whole lyric that you have written down. And the new thing I want to try some more is the same same mistake I used to make before. A lot of lines like this, where he's diving into basically the the contradiction of emotions that you go through when you go through a breakup because you have to reach this place of acceptance where you're like, well, the same thing that I love can destroy me. The same thing that makes me feel good one day can make me feel terrible the next day. Well, that leads to the next verse, which is the same brain that get or that brings me ecstasy, ecstasy. Is the same yep. brain that gets the best of me. Yeah. So again, it's, it's this madness thing of him being like, how do I find balance when I got like two parts just pulling at each other. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I love this song, man. I fucking, this is a rocking tune. Mm -hmm. This is a great John Mayer song. Well, he's also kind of reminds me, and this is something Josh Norfleet has said to me in the past, of Eric Clapton. He's like our Mm. generation's Eric Clapton because he can rock, but Mm. he also does these super sensitive like singer, excuse me, singer-songwriter type songs. Yeah, I had never thought of that, but that's a really good point because Eric Clapton, when you think about his range, 
I mean, he can do cocaine, Layla, but he can also do like Tears in Heaven and Sunshine of Your Love. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be a good point. And you know what? Eric Clapton got laid too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric Clapton definitely got laid. <laughs> See, I love this song. Uh, Helpless. Next one. Love on the Weekend. Love on the Weekend. I yeah. think this one is a flashback. Oh, okay. This is what I was going to ask you. Uh, when I originally heard this song, because I've listened to this album a couple times, I, I never did like a, a deep listen. When I used to listen to it, I was like, oh, this is kind of about like hooking up on the weekends. When you listen to it, though, this is not about hooking up. This is a man remembering how good it felt to always have companionship every weekend, mm-hmm. to always have someone there. And someone who's excited to see you at the end of the week that you're going to spend mm-hmm. time with. Cause he's talking about love here. I mean, he's talking about, uh, you know, driving with this person in the car. You be the DJ, I'll be the driver. He says, you know, I'm flying fast. You put your feet up yep. in the getaway, car. in the getaway car. And then he says, I'm flying fast. Like, like a wanted man. And I mean, this is someone talking about love because love, if you've really been in love, I mean, it moves fast. It's like an adrenaline. Like you are kind of breaking the rules because you're like, no one deserves to be this happy. You know, let me ask you this. Hit me. Does John Mayer have a foot fetish? (laughs) I think John Mayer. uh, As he fucked feet, dude. I think there is very little John Mayer has not done to a woman's body. This is a man who sings your body is a wonderland. That's a man who appreciates feet. You ever sing that to a girl, Milhouse? I'm not singing Your Body is a Wonderland, though. You sing another John Mayer song? Yeah. Which one? When I had an Instagram music page, I used to only do like John Mayer songs. Can you imagine Milhouse singing Your Body is when a Wonderland? When he was fat. <laughs> I was, oh. I was fat. <laughs> oh. in the deep sea of blankets. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, too, since I brought up your body as a wonder, you brought up feet, I brought up your body as a wonderland. Okay, so that was when he was big when we were kids, right? Yeah. Because that just played all the fucking time. That's the other thing about him. He's been around for a while now. He's been around forever. Um, One thing I'll say, the biggest difference between some of these songs, we'll get into some of them. Your body as a wonderland is a different John Mayer to me. It's a John Mayer trying to get laid. Absolutely. It's a guitar guy trying to get laid. Everything post your body is a wonderland is this guy's getting laid. Yeah. Which I'm sorry. There's just a different confidence. If you're a guitar guy in the corner and you're trying to get laid, you come up with lyrics like your body is a wonderland. I saw him on this tour when I worked at Bridgestone Arena. Oh, that's right. He didn't play your body is a wonderland. Yeah. And it was interesting because he talked about it. He's like Nashville's a music crowd. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he's like, I would rather have a longer John Mayer trio set or mm-hmm. a long like do more extended musical breaks because he played Queen of California and at the end of Queen of California he did Scarlet Begonias like the the outro to that by the Grateful Dead since he also in this time oh, frame, isn't he a deadhead yeah well yeah. he plays in uh fucking dead and I was gonna say yeah I didn't remember that till you just said that. so his guitar playing on this album too that's what I was kind of talking about you know he's becoming everything that he is on this album yeah, yeah, yeah. One, after this album, I mean, he's just John fucking Mayer. He knows exactly who he is. Yeah. Uh, so back to, to what we were talking about. Uh, another thing that plays into, this is definitely a man having a flashback about a relationship. Because he says at one point, there's two great lyrics. And again, it shows sort of a progress. He says, I hate your guts because I'm loving every minute of it. And this becomes a theme in the song, which is he's angry 
at this woman for introducing a level of happiness that he can't reach now. The serotonin overflow. Serotonin overflow. But later he gets to a point, he talks about the same thing, and he says, uh, I'm busted up, but I'm loving every minute of it. So he's looking back with a little bit more fondness, um, which is great progress. I, I, this is one of my favorite songs from the album, too, because I think anyone who has been in a relationship, I mean, this is just a great way to look at it because there's, there's no doubt, I mean, I've been single, I've been in relationships. You, you can make an argument for either. You know what I mean? You can be happy doing either. But ha- going from, you know, a knee-jerk change from one to the other, this is the shit you think about. You know what I mean? So I like that there's this sort of anger in this song, but then the anger's sort of loosening up by the end. Anything else on Love on the Weekend? So next up, we're uh, another great song, another one of my favorites. In the Blood. In the Blood. Maybe one of the best written on the... The album. Background vocals by Cheryl Crow in the chorus. I had heard that. Okay. Cheryl Crow. But this is him. You do a state of reflection to figure out. You get to a point to where yes. you're far enough away from the relationship. Yes. That you can start seeing the like the areas where you were a problem as well. Right. Be, because before this, I think... I think he does look at like, okay, what may have been the problem with the other person? The trouble is with that thinking is you're never going to change any of that stuff. So it's just a rabbit hole to go down. So you can you can definitely blame the other person, be like, they did this wrong, they did this wrong. But the only thing you can tr- control is what was wrong with you. And yeah, I mean, this song is basically him reflecting on, is it possible for me to change? Am well, I just on the, a cycle of consequences? Opening lyric of the song, how much of my mother has my mother, mother left, left, in, left me. in me? How much yeah. of my love will be insane to some degree? That's mm-hmm. a great fucking lyric. Oh, yeah. Um and I mean, he keeps that theme going because he talks about, he, he has lines for his father. He says, uh, will I dim the lights in me to please someone like my father? And he talks about his brothers. He says, does a broken home make a broken family? Or are we going to be, this is the part where it turns, or are we going to be closer? Mm-hmm. Are we going to be better? And again, I think it's just a great song even beyond because it's not really it's about a relationship but it's also just about this guy self-reflecting and it's about how much of ourselves are we in control of and how much of ourselves is just passed down through experience and genetics nature and nurture yeah nature how much and nurture. of it is nature and how much of it is nurture and i like to one of the brilliant things about this song is uh well we should say the main lyric he keeps going back to is uh will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood which i love because it gives you sort of a cleansing in a river, religious sort of imagery. Can you ever get clean? That's what he's asking. Yeah, and one thing I like about this song, there is no easy answer given. No. There actually is no real progress in the song. He's literally just asking a question. It's a question any self-reflective person has to ask themselves, but it's a question that I don't think there's any good answer to. I have a side story about one of John Mayer's brothers. Okay. So as an Uber driver, I pick up all kinds of people. One day I picked up a pilot, and he was talking about how he's friends with John Mayer's brother, who is also a pilot. They, he flies for like American Airlines or some shit like that. And he said he would always just go to bars and get laid and be like, I'm John Mayer's brother. <laughs> that says a lot about John Mayer that the dude's a pilot. And the thing that gets him laid more than that is saying he's John Mayer's brother. <laughs> exactly. Just a funny side note. What a world. Uh, so we're on to our next song. This song is uh, good. Probably my... 
Eh, probably my least favorite on the really? album. Really? This Changing. might be one of my most favorites because it's the first sign of hope on the album. It's a little bit of hope. I, I think In the Blood is kind of a little bit of hope because he's starting to self-reflect. Well, you get to that point of yeah. hope after you figure out, okay, I'm part of the problem. I mean, it's a good song. It's just uh, a little too straightforward compared to everything He else. said this was the hardest song on the album to write. Well, it's the it's the most different from everything else, and it's the most simple too. It, exactly, because yeah. he said it just has that that loop of the chorus. He came up with that, and he said it sounds no. like a jingle. I am not done changing, changing out on the run, changing. I may be old and I may be young, but I am not done changing. Yeah, and I mean it is a good song. Like there's some great lyrics. He says, "I may be old, I may be young." But and he always goes back to, "But I am not done changing." Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about some people kind of running away from from changes they need or going back home to so he is sort of to get away from whatever their problems are to basically not deal with go through the effort progress you know because you can escape in these moments a lot of people do because it's a very like going through a breakup is very uncomfortable just because like we were talking about you at first it's the heartbreak you don't want to let go then you go through this phase of being kind of angry, and then you go through this phase where you you spiral out, and then you go through another phase where you're like, oh, <laughs> maybe it was my fault. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you, you reach this point where, well, hopefully you reach this point. I think a lot of people don't reach this point because a lot of people escape to another relationship or they escape to, like he says, you run away, you go back home. He's almost standing up in this song and going... Fuck it, I'm gonna stand right here and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through whatever changes I need. And I mean he talks more about kind of getting in touch with uh he's talking less about what's going on inside himself and more about the world. Mm-hmm. So he's becoming more outwardly aware. Um because he talks about, you know, the he sees the sky changing, he wants to throw a rope around the sun. So we can see a lot of hope in this song. Time's been talking a time's been talking to me, whispering in my ear, saying, follow your heart till it tears you apart. Yeah. That's a great lyric. That's a great, great lyric. Uh, next song. The theme for from The Search for Everything. Completely instrumental. Completely instrumental. I think it goes through a lot of emotional changes because there's hope. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of sadness. There's a little bit of whimsical wonder in it. Why do you think he chose to put this on here, though? And why is it in the place that it's in? Well, it's a, a break halfway through the album. Yeah. It's like an emotional break almost. Yeah, an emotional yeah. break because you go, you're going through all these mood swings. Mm. What do you think the album title means? In Search of Everything? Yeah, The Search for Everything. <sighs> yeah, I always say In the Search of Everything. Uh, I mean, to me, it's... It's about life. It's it's almost uh, rebirth in a sense. It's him searching for happiness. It's him searching for answers. It's him searching for answers to larger questions like, is there a true love? Am I supposed to rely on myself for happiness? Is there happiness? So I think when he says the search for everything, it's literally the search for everything, for peace. For the answers. Contentment. Yeah, a search for contentment. A search for acceptance. Knowing that you you can seek the answers, but you might not find them. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think some of these songs. I mean, there's an acknowledgement that there is no good answer. The journey may be the answer. The journey is the answer. I agree. Uh, Next song. Yep. 
moving on and getting over yeah this is one of my favorites too <laughs> yeah me too um i love this it's one. one part marvin gay one part kind of yeah, just a little Dad. marvin gay yeah that's you, true the, the solo kind of in the beginning the guitar kind of it reminds me of jerry garcia's playing which he is playing the role of jerry garcia in dead and company mm-hmm. and a little background on that situation he joined them he got vocal surgery and he couldn't sing for like a year or some shit like that and when that happened, all he did was play Grateful Dead and just learn how to shred because it's a very, very technical, jammy music. They're yeah. a big jam band. Yeah. So you really have to have some chops to be able to fill Jerry Garcia's shoes. And a lot of people have really embraced John Mayer in that role. He doesn't sing too much in Dead and Company either. He'll sing every now and then, mm-hmm. but he mainly just shreds. Nice. Uh, we mentioned Your Body is a Wonderland earlier. For anyone who likes John Mayer but doesn't like that song, this song is the fucking answer. Yeah. This is your body as a wonderland for a man who is getting pussy. Because this song is, I mean, it's basically, it's him, it's him pining for his ex, but really only pining in a physical way now. Interesting. The emotional, and again, I mean, this happens in a breakup. You... It all depends on the the situation because some people, the emotions leave, then you just want the physical connection. Some people both stay. Who knows? Um, Yeah, I mean, this is him pining for an ex because he's saying moving on and getting over are not the same. Or what does he say? Are not the same. It seems to be. Yep. And I do believe I feel you all the time. And he talks about uh, leaving the door open, crack to let some light in, a little hope, but his hope to me, with this song, his hope is get a crack at that ass. Well, also, I think that's a reflection back to whatever, you know, you're in a relationship with a girl. She's like, leave the, the door cracked open so we can have a little light in here. Just leave the light on. Mm. That's what I took it as, too. Milhouse, you fuck with the lights on? Yeah. Jerk off with the lights on? <laughs> <laughs> Riveting stuff from Millhouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but I, I mean, when I say this is him pining for the physical, I don't even mean that in a bad way. Yeah. Where he doesn't care about this person. I, he I misses think, that connection. Yeah, I think he's made peace with the, or made mostly peace with the things that he was angry about. And now he's almost seeing a way forward. But there's still this physical connection. You know what I mean? I think this is also the song, too, where he uh, he has the lyric, I'm one text away from being back again. Yes. Okay, and th- this is where the progress comes in because uh, <laughs> he says that, and he says, uh, you know, sure would like to, to see you one more time. It takes me so long to say so long. That comes at the end. I love that lyric. Yeah, it takes me so long. Because it's like a great outro. It's very jammy. Yeah. There's great background vocals on it. Um, I think once he reaches that point, again, there, there's progress in the song where he's recognizing that even though he thinks he said goodbye, he still hasn't because he's still having these feelings. And towards the end of the song, he says, I'm going to find a new girl. Yes. A something I can do girl mm-hmm. to try and get me through girl because I'm moving on. Right. Because again, you can have exes where those feelings, the emotional and the physical, they both stay. This is clearly a relationship where the emotional died very quickly. And then he has the realization in this song where he's like, man, I'm horny and I want to hook up. But he's that's, like, that's interesting. I did not take 
that song this way at all. I took okay. it as the opposite. Where he's how do you take it? Emotionally hooked, and he's no. like, "I have to, I have to move on now." But it's I think time for me to leave this behind. But when he's saying that at the end, when he goes, "I'm moving on," I think he's saying because the whole song he's describing physically still being attached to her, and then he has this realization at the end, like, "Oh fuck." Well, if I fuck you, it comes with all this emotional baggage. I'm going to go fuck someone else. And he's like, I'm moving on. That's how I take it. And maybe that's very simplistic, but John Mayer's a guy who tells it like it is. You know what I mean? He uh, he is. (laughs) Uh, So we go to the next one. Never on the day you leave. Never on the day you leave. Very good song. Very well written. Very looking back. It's, It's all about looking back on a relationship and... There's certain things in the moment when you break up, you're just like, I'm done with this. I don't want to yeah. be in this anymore. But he even says in the song, you don't think about that drug. You don't remember Christmas Eve or her family They're, or the lonely drugstore Christmas tree, which seems like a very specific memory. Yes. Yeah. Painful. He he probably had, uh, look, John Mayer can get laid. Even John Mayer's had some lonely nights staring at a drugstore <laughs> Christmas tree. This is definitely a song where... And this is true for every breakup. Breakups do not come with foresight. When it happens, it happens, and then you deal with the consequences. There is shit. You know, because of course, when you're in the the moment, you don't think about all these connections you've made. All these, it's like, okay, well, if I lose this person, I'm also losing a huge part of my life. Because when you're in a relationship, it's more than just seeing someone. A lot of people become part of your it's, life. It's a lot two of, lives coming together. Yeah. Um, so this is a sad song in a way. I mean, you know, he's saying you can't remember why you said goodbye. Um, it's oh, never on the day you leave. Never on the day you leave. That he, you remember all these things. Exactly. So he, I wouldn't even say he's reminiscing here. It's just a realization. I, I think there is regret in this song. But here, here's what I'll say, my thought on, because he is technically talking about like, you know, could I have done more? Um, you wish you'd... Uh, You'd give her, oh, uh, oh, wait, let me say this line. You'd wish, uh, you wish you'd given her one more kiss to put away for a night like this. Brilliant song. Because then he's saying like the emotional things you need to get through a breakup. Your brain is not working in a way where it's telling you. Because your reality's broken. Yeah, where it's telling you like you need these things for closure. Because the way breakups usually work is you both walk away before there's closure. Or with a lot of breakups, there is no closure because you're human beings. Side note, this is Donald Trump's song to the American voters right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Never on the day you leave. You sure it's not the next one, Rosie? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, a great song. Uh, But he does talk about at one point, like, um, you know, talking about how Afterwards, you you wish you fought for or said, you know, one more try. I I love the lyric too. Love grows in the time it's been since you last heard her sing. Mm. So he's looking back and he still he still has love for this person. You still have love for a person that you were in a relationship. Yeah. And sometimes it can completely just die and go away, and you move on. Other times, when someone forces you to lay all your cards down the table and you're just completely emotionally naked. It's hard to, to get out of that. 
because mm-hmm. you're hooked on it. That's your life. That's your world. Yeah. And then add the physical connection in that of having sex with them, mm-hmm. sharing a part of yourself with them. It's it's hard. Well, it's like he says on the earlier song, uh, Love on the Weekend, he's almost mad that he's reached this higher level of happiness that he can't reach now, or he hasn't yeah. figured out how to do that on his own. But uh, yeah, that was one thing I was going to say about this song is it's about regret. And I think everyone, when they get out of relationships, they have regret, but there's a difference between, I think everyone who gets out of a relationship has regret. A lot of that regret is just tied to feelings uh, about yourself. If you wait a long time and that regret's still there, there's obviously something there, but usually that regret is just temporary. And towards the end of the song, he says, so maybe it'd be better off to write her and leave her a little note Mm -hmm. beside her that maybe says we're not perfect, but I'll be damned if I ever leave, which to me, it means he still is holding out some shred of hope that one day they can get back together. See that to me is him thinking back to the situation and thinking, well, if I had done something like that, maybe it could have worked. But again, that's why I think there's those two. Why do you keep laughing? <laughs> I think Millhouse was just crying, dude. I was not. Were you just crying? No, I wasn't, dude. Are you okay? Oh my God. Were you crying? No, I was not crying. If you need to step outside for a second, oh boy. Do you need a if second? This is making dude, you emotional. Look, this dude. is an oh emotional my, album, dude. I was not crying. I mean, you're with two emotionally strong it men. It might be because I have a missing tooth, dude. Oh, were you laughing at his teeth? That's not no. what. I'm, that's not what I'm saying, that's not what bro. He, no, oh, I know what, what he's saying. What he? I don't get what you're saying. Miles, what's going on? Just tell no, us so we can. No, I don't. I, no, no. I, I was not. All crying. I'm saying is. Perhaps I have something in common with one of the girls that Miles oh. was. Oh, so it's making him emotional seeing it's me. Not, Are you reminiscing, looking no, at? Because this song, no. I mean, never on the day you leave, Millhouse. It's a good song. Do you have regrets, Millhouse? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Do you not? Do Kid's you twenty years old. He's got regrets already. <laughs> How many regrets you have, Millhouse? One. Oh God! I don't even know if I want to know what it is, but you—you you gotta say it. Now. If I get one more, somebody has to kill me. We're hoping, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? What's the one regret? You gotta say it now because you just fucking teased it. Oh, this is gonna be so pathetic. This is a big Dude, drop. I put duck sauce instead of sweet and sour sauce on my pork fried rice when I was fat. Oh, Tell I'm us the regret, Millhouse. Let's regret. go. regret. Oh, oh my God. I mean, it has to be the relationship that I was in when I moved here. Long distance for a year and a half. So what's the regret? That being, doing that. Doing what? Not cutting it off sooner. You mean you're, okay. when all, everybody okay. around you and in your life was saying, break up with this girl. She's yeah, but horrible. when you're in a relationship like that, you don't see it that way. It's not until afterwards. You see it different. What do you think John Mayer would think of Millhouse? We should move on to the next song. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Um, okay. <laughs> Rosie. Also one of my favorites on the fucking album. I, I, oh, this song just this one is puts me in a grateful, mood. Grateful Dead feel to it, too. Rosie, come down and get the door from me. He wants to hook up. He's drunk. This dude. is a man. Oh, yeah. This is very much like a drunk dial situation. But he's showing up, and he's like... 
I'm ready you miss to me get too, it on. right? Yeah. You miss this dick? <laughs> yeah. That's what this song is. You miss yep. this dick? Yep. I'm drunk again. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, I, I'm drunk again and remember uh, when we used to be. He's almost not even speaking in complete sentences. He's like, remember when we used to be. Not even like remember how we used to be, what we used to be. Um, I love this line. Take me by, uh, take my heart by the hand and lead me back to your room and sing me your tune. That's a man. Let me just say this. Okay, go for it. This is a man who can get laid with fucking lyrics. I mean, if I hear a lyric like that, I'm almost ready to go suck his dick. That is fucking, that is fucking poetry. One thing I heard about this song that it might be about is about one of his guitars. Oh, this might be about a guitar? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I guess that would make sense. Take my heart by your hand and lead me back to your room. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Oh, wait. So is this just your theory? This isn't a... Uh, no, I read this I read this somewhere. Okay, I don't okay. know if he's talked about this I can or see that. I, I think it's more poetic to think about it as like he's describing I, well, this connection. Mark of as, a great songwriter. Maybe it has multiple meanings. It could, and it could. Um... <laughs> Oh, and then I love, because he's definitely talking about an ex, when he he basically starts saying, like, I don't even give a fuck that you moved on. He says, uh, Rosie, you don't have to hide his things. I'm fine with all the sorrow tomorrow brings. So he's just like, oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't give a fuck about the consequences. I want to fuck. We've all been there. Are we doing this or are we not? Yeah. We've like all Mr. Been- Leahy level drunk. Yeah. We've all been at uh, at Rosie's door at one time or another, except maybe Millhouse. You'll get there one day, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Twenty twenty one. Who? Next one. Roll it home. Roll it on home. Roll it on home. I like this song. I like this song a lot. It's an optimistic one. Yeah. Well, this is where uh, I was gonna say. This is where we go from it feels like John Mayer talking himself through something to this sounds like him either giving advice to a guy at the beginning of what he was going through or giving advice to some drunken uh, stumbling version of himself at a bar thinking he's going to hook up and it ain't fucking happening. Yeah. But yeah, I love this. Uh, One last drink to wishful thinking and then another again. Great opening line. (laughs) Um, but he, again, uh, one last drink to wishful thinking. He's almost saying goodbye to these old lingering feelings, you know? Uh, and as it goes on, he says, uh, nobody's going to love you right. Nobody's going to take you home tonight. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say it in a sad way. He says, that's all right. You got to love yourself. Yeah, just accept it. And I think at one point he says... You don't uh, need to take someone home every night just to fill that lonely void. Yeah. You have to address that lonely void. Yeah, I think he says, uh, go spend a couple bucks light up a smoke and walk on home. I'm a lighter. Have a, have a, like you can, you can live with yourself, which I love. And I love too. He says, uh, the last te- uh, 10 texts with your ex and they were all sent by you. So he's almost telling this guy like, look, this is pathetic. It's time we just move on. Let's move. Let's just walk on home. One lyric I do love in this song, journey on the jukebox singing, don't yes. have to believe in it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great lyric. Yeah. Because it sets the scene. Well, and he's almost, to me, because he, he mentions that lyric and then he starts talking to this guy. He's almost like calling that song out a little bit. He's like, stop listening to this corny shit. 
yes, stop believing. Believe in yourself. You know what I mean? Stop listening to some fucking... That's another lyric. I didn't take it that way at all. I, I took it that way for sure. I'm not saying he's, he's saying like it's a bad song. I'm saying like you can just picture when you're in that state and you hear some song you've heard a thousand times. It makes you feel nostalgic. You start taking, you know, meanings that you want. And to me, it was him being like, fuck this. This is fantasy. This is in your head, man. Interesting. Have a drink and head on home. Last song in the album. You're this, gonna, one's, this one's a real heartbreaker. Well, per, uh, I'm going to say perfect song to end the album with. I agree. Because this is perfect closure. You're going to live forever in me. This is a man who has whatever transgressions he was angry at his ex for. He's forgiven her. He's turned what happened to them into a memory. And that memory's just going to be part of him forever. For better or worse. Well, he the opening lyric of the song, too... Great Big Bang and Dinosaurs, Fiery yep. Raining Meteors, it all ends unfortunately. Everything has its time in life, but the love and the time that they shared is going to continue on in him forever. Well, and isn't it funny, right after those lyrics, when he's talking about, you know, the dinosaur, something very physical, he says, uh, he says his line, you're going to live forever in me. I guarantee. Just wait and see. <laughs> yep. And it's, it's almost like he's saying, like, he's accepting that those are the things that do last forever is the feelings you have for other people and other people who affect your life because they affect you and you in turn affect other people. And he's accepting that. Well, you go through a breakup and this, this kind of person that comes into your life, this kind of woman, and she forces you to have this level of self-reflection Something yeah. very sacred. Yeah, and it's whether they push you to that point because of a good relationship or a bad relationship, you still end up there. You know what I mean? Parts of me were made yes. by you. And what and comes after that? Planets keep their distance too. Great fucking The moon's line. got a grip on the sea. Great fucking line. So to me, I take this line as there's parts of me that exist now that came out because of our time together and because of your presence and because of your lack mm -hmm. of presence in my life. Mm -hmm. And even though the moon has a grip on the sea, it still keeps its distance. Yes. We can still live separately and still almost be, it's like the memories of each other are productive in each other's lives. Life is full of sweet mistakes yes. and love's an honest one we make. Time, time leaves no fruit on the tree. Now, I wrote this lyric down too. Is he saying that all love is a mistake, but it's an honest mistake? Or is he just saying that it's something we keep trying and if it fucks up, then it's an honest mistake? I think that's what he's saying. Okay. I think he's, he's saying, because you go back to rolling on home, he's almost saying embrace... Embrace what the situation is, embrace heartbreak, embrace love, embrace whatever comes your way and just live. Yeah. End of the song, he starts talking about being at a wedding. Yeah. And when the pastor asks the pews for reasons he can't marry you, I'll keep my word in my seat. Mm -hmm. To me, I think this is... A part of him will always love her. And although it feels wrong to be in that situation, he knows that she's in love with someone else and she wants to carry on her life and he doesn't want to intervene. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's a little more moved on than that. I think 
because where have we seen this imagery before? People interrupting a wedding. We see it in fucking movies, you know. The, the graduate, graduate, yeah, a million other movies. It happens, and it's just not a, it's not a realistic expectation, um, because I think when he he first starts off the album, that's what he's thinking is like these big romantic gestures would get us back together, but those are fantasy. Those are movies. Mm-hmm. You know, you reach a point where you have to accept that either you find your way back to each other or you don't find your way back to each other. These two people are not meant to do that. And 99% of the time, you're not meant to do that. Once you break up, you break up. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Um, Overall thoughts on this album. I mean, we already said, this is probably my favorite album of his. I like the the different emotions that it touches on. Mm -hmm. Because it does touch on every layer of a breakup. You're hearing... John Mayer go through all this shit and talk about from being hopeless, helpless, to being drunk, to being, okay, I'm part of the problem and I need to change. There's some things that I need to change within myself. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to, to roll it on home again. There's some things it's like, yeah, you need to, there, maybe there's some shit you need to change about yourself, but also embrace the good too. Yeah. Embrace the parts of yourself that you like. That's why I love this album. Yeah. I mean, I'll also say it's probably the best uh breakup album I've heard because a lot of people who do this shit it's just like they go for the obvious emotions and they just do the whole like wallowing in their misery woe is me this is definitely not this is definitely an honest look at his mental journey from and we also saw John Mayer through this time period because this album came out in 2017 we saw him go through a very big journey publicly too Mm-hmm. Where he was very arrogant for a while and everyone kind of hated him except the ladies. Yeah. Well, he was kind of, he was doing it on purpose. He was turning into a troll. Yeah. He was a massive like, troll. He loved it. He just loved being an asshole. And he's even said that he had to get to a point to where he wasn't addicted to his ego anymore mm-hmm. and that he had to move on, move on and get over it. Yeah. Um, not on the album, but a great epilogue for the album is a song that came out later in 2018 called New Light. One of the guitars he plays on this is one of Prince's guitars. Very cool. Did you ever see the music video for New Light? Yes. Yeah, a little bar mitzvah yeah, for this yeah, video. Yeah, it's, it's very low um, budget. New Light is a great song. You ever just want to be in a good mood. But it's a great follow-up to this album because even though the, the album ends with a song about acceptance, New Light is him... Back out there. Yeah, he's, he's back. He's living life. Got let's himself see, a new life. Let's see what's next. And I think this is actually a very brave song because it's like when you get your heart broken like that, the last thing you want to fucking do ever again, when you go through those kind of changes, is put yourself through that again. Yeah. Well, I don't even, I mean, in that song he talks about, you know, I'm the boy on your other phone, all this different stuff. I mean, he talks about, you know, being out there and we assume dating again. Pushing 40 in the friend zone. Pushing 40 in the friend zone. Don't listen to Millhouse. It's okay. Uh, but I, I don't think New Light... Th- this could be just my opinion. This could be wishful thinking. I don't think New Light is referring to a new girl or a new uh, a new prospect for a relationship. I it's think a It's a new mindset. Yes. That's what New Light is. Um, so this is kind of this album is him going through the darkness and accepting certain things that he he can't accept. And New Light is him starting a new chapter. Well, the, I love love the lyric. Uh, 
what can I do with all this love that's yes. running through my veins? Because that is not a fight. If we heard that lyric on this album, it would be a very sad lyric. Yeah. But he's saying like, I just have so much love to share. I don't know what to do with it all. A lot of energy and excitement for life. Yes. Excitement for just the adventure of life. It's good to see John Mayer back there. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller. You're just tonight. throwing out insults. I'm not being a prick tonight. Oh my gosh. Insulting my couch, insulting women, I, insulting Taylor's conversation starter. Millhouse, by the way, when the mics are off, that doesn't mean you can say the N-word. Oh. Yeah, that's actually become like a really big problem. No, we it haven't, hasn't. We haven't addressed it I don't want to be yet. friends with a racist, dude, but you're just saying the N-word yeah. all the I've time. been questioning it because he does stop saying it when the mics are hot. And then it's like I don't have time to, to, to confront him about it. You know what I mean? It's like you fit in a quick N-word right before the podcast starts. And then all of a sudden we're talking about normal shit and I don't have time to, to tell you. That's not okay, man. Yeah, man. We don't want to be friends with anybody who says that, Millhouse. And can you stop talking? Dude, the baby thing, you know what I'm talking about. What? Stop. Stop. What I thought it was a joke about? out first. It's not. It's, what are you talking you're about? You're starting to just, you sound serious every time. Like, you're not going for laughs every time you talk about raping babies. Oh, my so enough, God, dude. dude. I'm Millhouse not going to. told me a joke earlier today. Yeah. You want to hear it? Yeah. How many dead babies does it take to shingle a roof? How many? It depends on how thinly you slice them. Wow. He told me another one, too. That's the kind of shit you think is funny? How do you get dead babies out of the bottom of a blender? Oh, oh my God. Tortilla chips. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's dude. just offensive, dude. I've never said anything like that. That's still not as offensive as the N-word thing, though. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up, because I did not know how to approach that situation. It put me in a really awkward position. Right. We've been talking about it when you're not around. 